Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the COVID What Comes Next podcast with Dr. Ashish Jha, Dean of the Brown University School of Public Health and a globally respected pandemic scientist and physician. Every week here, Dr. Jha will analyze events of the previous several days and offer his assessment and guidance for what lies ahead. I'm your host, G. Wayne Miller of the Providence Journal and the USA Today Network. Good morning, Ashish. How are you? I'm good, Wayne. Good morning. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. Had a had a decent holiday weekend. Just small family gatherings. You know, did the ventilation. We're all vaccinated. Follow all of your guidance. How about you? Uh, similar. Followed my own guidance. Had a small family <laughs> gathering. Um, we tested everybody before they came over for uh, Christmas Eve dinner, and um, and we've done well. Uh, it's really remarkable because. I've had so many friends and colleagues uh, email, text, call with people turning positive over the last few days. So uh, it's a it's a difficult moment. So let's let's get your breakdown of this difficult moment. Let's start with with the international and the national view, and then we'll get a little more uh, micro. Um, so globally, uh, Omicron is uh, quickly becoming dominant in more and more parts of the world. Uh, we're really seeing rising cases, certainly all across Europe. Infection numbers are very high. Uh, some countries like the Netherlands have gone into lockdown as a way to try to uh, prevent further spread. Um, but other countries are putting in a lot of restrictions. France putting in restrictions, asking people to work from home three days a week, uh, really surging infections. What's interesting to me is a couple of things. I mean, one is with Omicron, we saw it first, obviously, rise in South Africa. And South Africa peaked and has started coming down. If you look at the data, and you know, here we are, December 28th, and if you look at the data, you can start convincing yourself that maybe London, which has really been the second place where we've seen a huge spike earliest, is starting to maybe peak as well. Still climbing, but climbing much more slowly. And if it pans out that way, it suggests to me that the spikes that we're going to see may be short-lived, that they may be these very dramatic increases in infection, uh, but they may peak early and then hopefully they will come down quickly. So we'll see. But internationally, just a lot of infections, one of the few days where we're recording million, million and a half infections a day across the world. Um, it's a real challenge. Nationally, we're also seeing a, a, a big surge too. Maybe you can just talk briefly about the U.S., yeah, so the latest sort of seven-day moving average has us at about 230, 240,000 infections. Um, our height, the worst day of last December, was about 250,000 infections. 
Um, I actually think we're way undercounting because of the, of the holidays. People are not testing. A lot of states are not reporting. So I would argue that right now we have more people infected in America than at any moment during the entire pandemic. No question about it in my mind. Um, that's pretty staggering. And we are not anywhere near peak uh, infection. So uh, let's assume that we're at 250 to 300,000 infections right now. We're just missing a bunch. It's easily going to double, Wayne, uh, if not triple. Uh, we are looking towards a month of January where we're just going to see an extraordinary number of infections um, across the whole country. And obviously, as it has been throughout the whole pandemic, it's going to hit different parts of the country at different times. Uh, but we're, we're seeing pretty substantial increases in the Northeast. We're seeing Florida numbers just skyrocket. Uh, we're seeing this really in lots and lots. And New York City has been one of the epicenters of the U.S. So uh, we're really seeing this across the country. And maybe you can speak uh, briefly to Rhode Island. We're also seeing a large number of new cases here. The hospitals are stressed. We've talked about this before. That hasn't changed. Just give us a, a, a quick yeah. yeah, Rhode Island, um, Rhode Island has got some substantial challenges. So just before we went into you know Christmas break, where again, the numbers start then declining because people aren't testing and are not reporting, we were averaging kind of again, the seven day average kind of 12, 1300 cases a day. That's a lot. Um, and the, the challenge with Rhode Island is our healthcare system. Uh, our two major, our, all of our major hospitals are incredibly stressed, uh, largely because of staffing shortages, because of nursing shortages. And so we could build more field hospitals. The problem will be that we won't have people to staff them. And that's where Rhode Island is right now. And so I am very worried about both the cases we saw just before Christmas and what will happen over the Christmas and New Year's holiday in terms of the number of new infections. Even if it turns out that Omicron is milder, which it probably is, uh, there'll still be enough new infections to really cause a serious problem, I think, uh, in our hospitals. Last piece, uh, overnight or yesterday, late, late yesterday, the CDC came out with some new guidelines, which to me seem to be trying to strike a balance between the disease and the fact that, you know, we do need to keep our economy going. We do need to have lives that, you know, at least have some semblance of, of what we'd like to have. Can you break that down for us? Dr. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what has happened? So let's start off with where we were before the new guidelines and you, before the new guidelines came out, just focus on isolation. What do you do if you're, if you test positive CDC two days ago said everybody should isolate for 10 days. That's been the recommendation for over a year. And many of us, including me, and I've publicly said this, thought that that was too long. And the reason was that we didn't think, I don't think, there's very good reasons to believe that, that people are going to remain contagious for that entire 10-day period. And we all thought that you could shorten it. Now, CDC came out yesterday and said five days of isolation. And if you are, that is, if you are symptom-free, if you're asymptomatic, if you're still having symptoms, you got to continue isolating. But if you feel well, then five days of isolation followed by five days of masking wherever you go. Uh, an, I think that's an interesting approach. I actually think it's a step in the right direction. I'm generally supportive of it. Um, you know, I had been writing before that what we should do is use five days followed by a negative antigen test as actually the way to end isolation. For a variety of reasons, CDC did not go down that road of, of requiring a test. 
But what it does mean is that most people only need to isolate for five days if they are feeling fine, if they're feeling well. Um, I think there are a couple of issues here. People are worried that this won't be enough, that people who will be asymptomatic will still be shedding virus on day six, day seven, day eight. I'm not at all convinced that there's much data behind that. And second, I think people are worried that you know, people won't wear a mask in that, in that time period. I've been worried that people won't isolate for 10 days if they feel totally well. And that if we have tens of millions of people isolating, we're not gonna be able to run our hospitals. We're not gonna be able to run our uh, you know, power plants. We're not gonna be able to run our kind of lives. And if it's not necessary, asking people to, to isolate when they are not contagious, in my mind, is a real problem. We shouldn't be doing that. So I'm in favor of the CDC changes, but I understand that not everybody loves it. One more question. We are now almost two years into this pandemic. There are some who say that we are going to be living with coronavirus disease as perhaps a seasonal event, uh, not at pandemic levels. It'll be almost like in, in differences, of course, but it have similarities to seasonal flu and other seasonal diseases. What, what is your thinking on that? Again, we can't predict the future, but I'm sure you have an informed. Yeah, so there is no question that, in my mind, that COVID-19 and this virus, SARS-CoV-2, is going to be with us probably forever, but certainly for a very, very long time. Um, and then the question is, how do we manage our lives with the virus around? And the way we manage our lives with lots of other respiratory viruses around, influenza is around, uh, RSV is around, uh, rhinoviruses are around. The reason we can live our lives with those others around is a couple of things. One is they're not as deadly as SARS-CoV-2. So one is we got to figure out how to really lower the virulence, the way, that, the way in which this virus gets people sick. Um, and second is we've made a bunch of changes, right? We've made a bunch of like the way we encourage hand washing really does help and, and sanitizer use really does help with influenza. We're going to have to make certain types of changes to manage our lives with SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19. I expect that we'll be able to do that. And yes, this will be around. We'll see surges, maybe even in the summer, in the south, in the winter, in the north. Um, and that'll become a feature of this virus. And the question is, can we keep infections low? But most importantly, can we keep severe illness low, hospitalizations low, deaths low. If we can do that, we'll manage our way through this virus. And vaccines will be playing a big role going forward, of course, as they have already. No question about that. No question about it. Vaccines are going to be our primary tool for making sure that uh, basically what vaccines do is they will turn the virus uh, and an infection into something relatively mild by giving your immune system is the most powerful tool we have, uh, the, the capabilities of managing an infection. But we're also going to have therapies that will lower the severity of the disease, monoclonals, oral pills like Paxlovid from Pfizer, there'll be hopefully others. And it's just, it's going to become something that we manage and move and live with and, and, and really like live with. It will not continue to torture us the way it has so far. Thank you, Ashish. You have a good day. We'll be talking to you soon again. Thank you, Wayne. And, and, and by the way, Happy New Year. And I look forward to more conversations in 2022. Yeah, we'll have them for sure. And, and Happy New Year back at you and, and your family. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. 